0: ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan.
1: Welcome to another edition of the In the Crease podcast. So we so appreciate you listening. Emily Kaplan, I am Linda Cohn. Uh, If there's a little, you know, I don't know, my tone might be just really pumped up. It's because people who know me, Emily, they know what a big Ranger fan I am. Um, and all of that and the performance that you got a front row seat for uh, obviously Wednesday night at Madison Square Garden to see them take game one against the Tampa Bay Lightning before I get to my takes and what I think and what it means and looking ahead I have to defer to you because first of all let's talk about the how shall I say this the ambiance, the atmosphere at Madison Square Garden I've been to a lot of big time playoff games in the New York Rangers history. But I want to hear what was it like for you to be down there at ice level and take it all in? There's just a different energy, Linda, at Madison Square Garden, especially when one of the
0: New York teams is doing well. Like I was a fan growing up of teams and I feel like this job has made me kind of desensitized. And, you you know, you stop rooting for teams, you start rooting for people or good stories or early deadlines or just getting yeah. out on time and things like that. Um, (laughs) Early
1: deadlines. I like that. No, you're
0: right. Please don't go into overtime. That's my favorite. You're like, Oh, I'd like to get dinner. I'd like to meet a friend for drinks. Like I'd like to actually get some sleep, but um, there are certain pinch me moments. And I think covering a game at Madison square garden is one of it. There's just this electricity around it. And honestly, for me, it's their pregame mix. Like when they start playing teenage wasteland in its entirety, like you can just feel it pulsing and it's just so authentic and cool. And yeah, you know, we talk about sports all the time, but the crowd can be the third character. You know, there's two teams in the crowd and the crowd was at the- last night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've been playing that. I guess the real name of that song, I believe, is Baba O'Reilly, which is one of those weird, is, quirky. And it's Baba O'Reilly, kind of like your dog, Babs. Babs. Yay. Okay, great. Love it. We throw or at some at least that's music. That's after
0: too many years in the Midwest.
1: Yeah, they, there it is. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been to, I went to all the games in 2014 when the team went to the final because um, I was doing Rangers pre and post game on the radio. And the, the experience there was incredible because, um, you know, I was asked on SportsCenter a couple of nights ago by Neil Everett about what what this team, this squad uh, in 2022 What do they have in common with, you know, 1994 or 2014? I said more with 2014. 1994 was a bunch of future Hall of Famers who went on to win the Stanley Cup. Um, 2014, no one thought they could even get to a a Stanley Cup final. A lot of things went in their favor, but they had everyone pulling from the same rope. Um, And that's what this New York Rangers team is all about, uh, led by a great experience head coach, uh, in Gerard Gallant. You know what I love? And you've talked with him multiple times, Emily. What I love about this guy and what he's doing with his team is that he's he's bringing out the best in some players that we never thought was in there. He did that in Vegas, if you recall, with William Carlson. William Carlson was never the same. Uh, you know, in that first year, they went to the final. It was like, wow. He's doing this um, with, you know, guys like Philip Hedel. He says the right words to a guy like Philip Hedel to give him confidence. This was a guy, as you know, Emily, that was uh, a healthy scratch in early March, back-to-back games. Golan brings him back, told him he wanted him to play like Mika Zimbanajad. Go out and do it. You can do it. And these little phrases, these little words of confidence, this is why a head coach in the National Hockey League could be so significant. And the payoff is now for Philip Hedel. No, you're so right. I mean, like the reason that the Rangers
0: are here is because of their goalie. It's because their veteran players like Mika Sabanajad and Chris Cryer have stepped up. But like the most exciting aspect, I think, is that kid line. And, you know, yesterday I was riding in the elevator. We're staying at the same hotel where the Rangers rent out during the day for the players to nap, you know, if they live in Westchester or whatever. So I was riding the elevator with Capo Caco. It was my first time really talking to him. And I was just struck. I was like, this kid's really mature. Like he seems like a man all of a sudden. Alexi Lafreniere in the times that I've interviewed him or, or seen him talk I'm like this is an emotional leader on this team and the way he's playing with some physicality I'm like wow he's grown up before our very eyes and then Hedl as you mentioned and I think the common theme between all these three players is that they were very high draft picks and there was high expectations and maybe too much burden placed on them and you know when they had early struggles and they weren't the Conor McDavid's right away you know fans might have turned on them or wondered why they weren't producing more but like you said they always believed in themselves because their coach empowered them and He you know we've kind of been joking he's it's become kind of weird but he's my most frequented interview on the new york rangers team just because he keeps having these big games i think our producer keeps requesting him because we love when he smiles at the end he just has that energy about him um and he really is trying on his english and it's really cute to see and and i'm really fortunate that you know he's always willing to do these interviews because czech is his native language and his english isn't perfect um but he admitted to me last night he's like you know this year, like, things didn't go my way, and it was hard, but, like, I had to keep working at it and keep working at it, and that's why it's so gratifying now to see them all come together um, because it wasn't an easy road.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll jump on the lightning in a second, but I want to just bring up in the, a guy you sat down with after the game, Mikas in Banajad. I can't tell you how impressed I've been uh, since he's become a Ranger, since he's taken over um, in so many ways with this team. He just loves the stage, he has risen to the occasion. I, You know me, Emily, any sport. I love the guy that plays his best, okay, when it matters most. I've always said that. That's why I love Eli Manning forever. You know, I don't care what he did in the regular season. I just love what he did in the postseason winning two Super Bowls. But that goes for every single sport. And when I see what Mika Zimbanajad has done, even though he had an amazing regular season, uh, it's, it's, I don't know, he's like... Uh, It it was great. I'm just so impressed with what he does and the effect that he has on those around him. And that's the key for being a great player. He makes those around him better. He just knows when to make the right play. And you got a chance to talk to him after the game. What were some of your takeaways? Yeah, my takeaway is just that he's become a leader and, you know, he's soft spoken. He's
0: not going to be the biggest rah-rah guy, but I think he leads by example. Um, And there's just a very nice way about him where he commands a room and he commands an interview. So I totally agree with you that he has stepped up in such a big way. He's kind of invisible for parts of that Pittsburgh series. Then all of a sudden he flipped a switch and he doesn't look like that anymore. Um, Okay. We got to talk about the lightning because they are the two time defending Stanley Cup champs and they laid an egg in this game. And, you know, talking to people around the organization after the game, they're just like, that's rust. That's what happens when you have nine days off. And Cooper was funny before the game, John Cooper, their coach, because he told us he was like, um. I've been swept two times. I've never done the sweeping, so I didn't know what to do with this long break. And so they had nine days. They never gave the guys more than two days off on the ice, but they did give them time off. And he said, our group is so tight. And I talked to Zach Begerger, in defense before the game. He talked about what a tight knit locker room it is that like they were organizing team dinners with their families, with their wives and girlfriends, just to stay close, even if they weren't together on the ice. And they try to ramp up those practices. But when you don't play in nine games, it shows. And I think knowing them and knowing the way they typically respond after losses, they're going to be okay in this series. Like, and I think it's going to be way more competitive, obviously, than game one was. Um, But that was a rough one. And I'm curious your take on the goalie, because like we've talked about Sturk and Vasilevsky, this is the big, you know, matchup here. And Vasilevsky wasn't as sharp, but they kept him in. And I almost was like, and Ray, I think, said on the broadcast, well, he needs reps. Like, you can't pull him now to rest him because he just got rest.
1: Yep. You know, I was, uh, I was so Here's how impressed I am with the Tampa Bay Lightning overall going into this series. Okay. When I was doing a bunch of interviews before uh, game one against the Rangers, I really thought the Lightning were going to beat the Rangers. I thought if I was a betting person, I know all about the numbers and the stats. You know, radio hosts were throwing at me, Linda, but the team with the long rest <laughs> usually loses. I go, I know, but this is the Tampa Bay Lightning. These are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs. I go, I feel, and I remember 2015 when they came into Madison Square Garden and won that series. No matter what the Rangers did, I know a different team and all that. But the point is this. I really thought they would find a way to beat the Rangers last night. I thought the Rangers were going to be drained, all of this stuff. And, man, I was wrong. I mean, it, it totally blew me away. The rust really did make it uh, was a determining factor. And who doesn't love Steven Stamkos? I love Steven Stamkos. You love Steven Stamkos. He was just so honest after, you know, giving credit to the Rangers. But he said, you know, we know we play better. You know, we made too many mistakes. We turned the puck over. You know, we're not going to do that. You know, all this. And we know about their incredible record, 18-0 following a loss in the postseason. And, uh, you know, we know what the Rangers in game two are going to face their biggest challenge of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the hardest competition so far in game two of this series because of how the lightning are going to come at them and be more like the lightning. But don't underestimate the Rangers and Gerard Galan, who will also Uh, make a few adjustments back to Andre Vasilevsky. No, I was with Ray. Definitely. Obviously you got to leave him in. He's got to feel the puck and all that. He's going to be better, but I, you know, kudos to Ranger fans who just always entertain me with uh, Igor's bed or, you know, the the crowd being a character in the game, like that's it. It was, it was funny. It was comical. Yeah. And again, they have, you know, Ranger fans are used to disappointment. They have to remember how tough and how the team that they're going to face Uh, on Friday night will look nothing like this Tampa Bay Lightning team that they faced in game one. But nothing should take away because the Rangers knew the game was winnable. They were prepared. They knew they could have this game because of the rust by the Lightning, and they went out and got it. And by the way, they knew how to finish. So many times you see opportunities, right, against great teams like the Lightning, and teams don't know how to finish. Put the puck in the net. They shoot wide. They hit the post. The goalie makes a great save. There was no doubt about it. I mean, that's what I was really impressed with, besides just the way they played five-on-five and the way they played defensively. It's the fact they were able to finish and cash in on those opportunities.
0: Absolutely. Okay, one last note on this series before we move on to the West. Um, So, rating point. We know he was injured in Game 7 of the first round, and, like, the prognosis didn't look good, but, like, the Lightning were listening to his day-to-day, but I kept hearing it was really bad. And then when it gets to Madison Square Garden, for game one, they have an optional skate. Someone's like, keep an eye on the ice, keep an eye on the ice. And lo and behold, there goes Braden Point in all of his hockey gear. And he starts skating. And I'm like, holy cow, is this guy going to return to the series? And he's skating pretty fast and he looked pretty good. And then he did take this nasty spill into the boards. Like it was just oh. all by himself. Like, you know, it was totally unforced. And, you know, he gets looked at the trainer. He kind of shaked it off, but he got off the ice shortly after. And then before the game, we had these meetings with, you know, the coaches. And I asked John Cooper and honestly, Coop, I love Coop, but like, he's so honest, but also like a little dramatic about it. He goes, Braden Point is going to play hockey again in his career. I was like, oh, wait, was that
1: ever a doubt? Yeah, like breaking news. <laughs> I know, really. I know. Okay.
0: But Which I think speaks to the severity of the injury. But he said, I can't guarantee it's going to be this season. And, you know, he's trying now. And what I've heard behind the scenes is that Braden is busting his, I'm going to yeah. you guys can um, totally bleep this if you need but busting his ass behind the scenes to get back out there and because he wants to play so bad but Cooper essentially ruled him out for the series and I think it would be one of those things like we saw stamp coast a couple years ago when he comes out magically for like one shift scores a goal and then his body just breaks down he can't do it anymore maybe in the Stanley Cup final.
1: Yeah one more thing about that Uh, Corey Perry has been marvelous and you know that's why you know, we're not talking about Braden Point every single day because Corey Perry has been such a factor. Um, And here's what I expect to happen in game two. I just expect, we saw a little bit about Stamkos, you know, you know, I know it was an accident hitting Shesterkin in the mask. Um, You know, there was contact there. It's very un-Stamkos-like, but I believe they're going to really crowd the net. You know, guys like Corey Perry, you saw that in the first period. I tweeted out, Corey Perry is going to be a pest in this series. Uh, I think they're really going to get uh, try to get under Shusterkin's skin. The thing is, I don't think many get under his skin at this point of his uh, young career. By the way, I don't want to bury the lead. Emily, uh, you know how what a big fan I am. I am just doing it. I am packing my bags. I am going to be, as a fan, even paid for my tickets. I'm proud of it. Um, going to go to game two. I will be- Linda, at- you're telling me this now? Yes. <laughs> Breaking it on the podcast.
0: Cool, Linda. Thanks for letting me know. I thought we had that cool kind of friendship. See you there, I guess.
1: Well, listen, it really just came into play, you know, the the details of making it happen and making sure I had tickets and all this stuff and... Just really excited, Emily. You know how how much. I mean, it's it's an emotional connection I have with this team since I was a very little girl, and it feel like I I have to be there. And of course, you know, I'm gonna be at the toughest game for them to win. I get that, but you know, we all like challenges. So yeah, uh, we'll meet up for a drink after the game.
0: I love it. I can't <laughs> wait. And I have an assignment for you because my little sister who just moved into the city um she's gonna go to the game too. So maybe you hang out with Eva during the game. Come say hi. All to right, her. there you go. Nice. Okay we got to talk about the Western conference. We're recording this before do. game two, but Holy cow, it's a doozy, but everyone knew that was going to be. And I think the biggest issue now is like, is it, I don't even know if it's a big issue because it's just going in, but like what goalies are going to play because you see Oilers and they're attending yeah. with Mike Smith is a mess. Maybe Michael Koskinen gets in at some point. And then Darcy Kemper with concussion symptoms, you know, we're recording this before knowing if he's available for game two, but doesn't look likely.
1: Yeah. We'll start with Colorado. Um, I think they're in good hands with Pablo Francois. I don't think he should rush. Uh, obviously he can if he's in concussion protocol and he, you know, reportedly has concussion going on there, you know, just take, and that's, you know, that's, as you just reported, that's, that's, what's going on. Uh, Pablo Francois, considering he came in, in the middle of that game, I know he let up three goals, but he saved that game uh, in the opener at the end, he made three consecutive saves, robbing the Oilers in the last, you know, less than a minute to go to preserve it and then able then gabriel glandeskog put in the empty netter um i think they're in great hands with pavel francos i don't think you miss a beat because going into the series i wasn't a big fan of either of these goalies yeah that includes darcy kemper i mean never done it before um and you know he's been guilty of letting in a bad goal every game in my mind as for mike smith i think you give him another opportunity we saw what happened in calgary um, you know, he rebounded after an awful game one uh, for the Oilers in which they lost nine six. We all remember that game. And then Smith came back and played very well. So I think that he deserves another shot. Um, but I was also very impressed for the first time this postseason with Miko Koskinen in, in relief. He stopped all but one shot. You know, it's like, I think he had 20 saves. He kept the Oilers in that game in game one. So give Smith another shot. again, we're recording it before. Um, but I believe that's what Jay Woodcroft will do, but he's going to be on a short leash. You can, you can bet that. And I'm in full confidence with Pablo Frances. Emily, that abs team, you know, I can play goal. I can let up five and they'll win six, five, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. I know it's it's such a team that's playing
0: with conviction and with force. And it feels like it's their destiny this year and they're really playing that way. Um, two things I want to note. One with Frances, like, we all kind of during the year and I was hearing it around the league and people I was talking to were like, are the ads going to go get a goalie for insurance? Like, yeah, because like a lot of people like you were like, do we really trust Darcy Kemper? And all I kept hearing from the ads is that they looked at the market. They're like, we like Franco's and they believe in him. And I think maybe them not going out and getting another goalie and actually resigning Fransos empowers him in one way. And two, I just want to share probably the most underrated fun fact of these Stanley cup playoffs and the conference finals is that, Igor Shosturkin, before this year, was never a full-time starter either in the KHL with Russian national teams. He always split the net, and one of the reasons, in one of his last seasons in the KHL, do you know who he couldn't win the net over from? Miko Koskinen. Oh
1: god! <laughs> How wild is that? I'm laughing. Sorry, Miko. I know you're not listening, but I'm laughing at that. But that actually was a competition. <laughs>
0: I mean, I mean, it was a different time, right? Igor was a younger goalie. Coskin
1: is yes. a veteran. Whatever. Hey, listen, but it's just kind of funny uh, how things work out. Hey, he fooled Ken Holland, Migo Coskin. He got that long-term deal a couple of years ago. No, oh, he know, didn't so. fool. He didn't fool
0: Holland. He fooled oh, Peter
1: Oh, there it is. Yes, Holland adopted him, and then he got a yes. cap. That's right. Good point. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, you know how I'm not a fan of those two Oilers goalies. Boy. I'll tell you, if they lose because of their goaltending, what a shame. What a waste of an opportunity. Because talk about the teams that everyone knew needed to get a goaltender all season. Yeah. Long. It's incredible. This is this, this, These opportunities don't grow on trees, as we like to say. You know, it's just amazing. I mean, that's why as fans of all these fan bases, we cherish, we live in the moment. We cherish these opportunities. We get it. But sometimes these GMs don't understand what they have before them. They're too close to the situation. I mean, it's just unbelievable, but we'll see how it plays out. Maybe all these goalies will surprise me in that Western Conference final. But one thing we know, uh, it's great for the NHL because all the goals that are being scored. And you know what? Even the Ranger game, everyone thought that was going to be, a two, including me, a 2-1 final, a 3-1 final, a 3-2 final. And oh, by the way, as you will be there, front row and center for every one of those Eastern Conference final games, that's probably what we're going to see now down the stretch. No more of eight goals combined in a game between Tampa and the Rangers, but it still was a treat to see all that goal scoring really exciting for the league.
0: Okay. What's going to be a treat for me is seeing you on Friday, Linda. I can't believe that you <laughs> dropped the medal of the podcast still. Um, <laughs> this was fun though. I can't wait. Um, obviously we're going to rejoin next week and I'm sure we'll have a couple tales of being together at the garden and meeting up afterwards. And I want to hear about what your experience is going to be like as a fan. Cause I'm sure it's been a while since you've sat in those seats, just being yes. able to be your true authentic self and feel the emotions with the people. So Jamming out to Baba O'Reilly, Baba O'Reilly, Baba O'Reilly, Teenage Wasteland, whatever it is, you're gonna be having
1: the best time. Yeah, one thing the Rangers are great at the garden is playing great music. I remember in 2014 when I went to the final. I mean, I was always into EDM, you know, elect- electronics. I mean, they Oh, would be, Linda. I, I really, really was. I went through my EDM phase, Emily. <laughs> and they were like, you know, they're playing um, wonder you like Mika. You know, that's I love it. You know, I, you know, I love it, yeah. I, you know, and the only, I was like, oh my God, this is like, great. <laughs> so, and you know, way back in 1994, cause you know me, I'm, I'm music and sports. I've always been, since I was a little girl, I, you know, I've told you that. And even in 1994, I remember, you know, um, that classic song in 19, these are days that we'll remember. That was like the song that I Aww. relate to Mark Messier, Adam Graves all that. So music, anyone who know watches sports always associates the music. I believe at that time, you know, of what's a hit, what's going on, what am I In listening connectivity. to? Yeah. 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 Cause it's passion, you know, makes you feel good. I think that's why, cause those are two things that make us feel good. Our team usually. And of course music, you know, <laughs> but anyway, Emily, uh, get some some wisdom
0: to drop at the end of the podcast.
1: Listen, I'm, Liz, that's why, that's why the listeners have to stay till the end. I mean, we've, we've shown this for what it's worth. Uh, anyway, uh, going to the homeland where I was born. Cannot wait. I will be there. Have fun. We will chat. And uh, hopefully, you know, hey, I, I just want a great game. Let's have, hey, I'm sorry, Emily. I'm going to wish for overtime. I know it's going to be close game <laughs> too. I know you want to get the hell out of there. But I want to soak it all in. It's going to be close. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Plus, Saturday night game at the Garden. It's going to be rocking. Friday night. Friday night. See, you're so dizzy already. You're you're covering so many things. You, you've lost track of what day it is. Oh, it's time to sign off. <laughs> See you in the Big Apple. Bye.